The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our city. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like our show, I encourage you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you find your podcast. Hit that follow button. And if you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com to get started. We produce podcasts here out of our Westwood Mass studios or remotely anywhere around the globe. We'll get you a USB microphone, one of those quality ones, and we'll get you started on your own show, pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network, in Pod We Trust. Okay, that's enough of being silly announcer guy. Let's welcome our guest. Before I welcome our guest, let me welcome my sidekick and my colleague, Paula, is here. Paula Constant, how are you? Doing great. What's new? Hey, it's a new day. It's Looking a, forward to. Yes, it is. Uh, as we record this, today's Wednesday. It's kind of a blah day. When you hear our guest, you'll know it's not a blast show. So we welcome to the show Diane Braley, who is an author, award-winning author. She's a native of our town. I hope you don't mind me telling people, Diane. She's a native of Revere, but she doesn't talk <laughs> that way. But she's just written a book, which I confess I haven't read yet, but it looks awesome. It's called The Silence and the Sound, and she's going to tell you it's got a, a Mathis vineyard. There's something about the vineyard in this book. But let's welcome her to the show. Hello, Diane. <laughs> How are you? Hi, guys. Hi, thanks for having me. How's your summer going? It's going. It's a lot of marketing, not a, well, it's hot. <laughs> it's a hot summer. It is hot. It's hot in my studio today. I'm like, I've oh, got like God. three different fans going. And so if you hear a little hum, that's what it is. So you grew up on the, on the North Shore. You're still up there on the North Shore. And I am. Now, forgive me, I don't know this, but is this your, your first book or, or no? Have you written others? It is. I, I've, I've written a poetry book that was recently published, but this is my first novel. Oh, cool. I used to write poetry in high school, and I had a, a teacher named uh, Mr. Connolly at Milton Academy. I went to Milton, and I actually used to dig writing poetry. I don't do it a whole lot because unless you're really, unless you're really in, you know, devoted to that trade, you probably just wouldn't. What, what is, is your poetry like? What kind of stuff do you write? You know, growing up in Revere, I always... It's, you know, Revere is a kind of a tough town and I don't think, you know, poetry and the arts to me weren't nurtured so much. And so my poet, my poetry, <laughs> it was, you know, I'm a nurse also, as I'm an author and a nurse. So, you know, things in Revere, it was kind of encouraged to get jobs where you put food on the table or job stability, things like that. So poetry was just a hobby but I, I kind of wrote it inspired by music because, you know, I grew up, I'm showing my age here, but I grew up in the 80s and the 80s music was just so cool. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, listening to Prince and get inspired, I would write lyrically. I, I wasn't trying to write poetry, but that's kind of what came out because I was writing my all my dark childhood and teenage angst on, mm -hmm. the, on the paper. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in the club, too. Raised on the music of the 80s, for sure. Awesome. I Actually, I have a different podcast that 
we it's a music podcast, a music nostalgia podcast. I'll have to get you on that one too if you have time. Oh, well, let's play name that too, and I'm gonna get you. Oh uh, well, gauntlet thrown down. We'll we'll, <laughs> uh, we'll do that. Does does Pat Benatar belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? She was just inducted. Is that a good move or not? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yes. Absolutely. Yes. That's the correct answer. What kind of question is that? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, she it took her years to get in, and like Joan Jett's sitting in there, nice and comfy. Come on, hit. Oh, hit you know how they, you know how they do it. You know yeah, how they do. It's all political. I know. Anyway. It's, yeah. Well, let's get to the book. The book is called "The Silence okay. in the Sound." And yes. That is there a double meaning to the title, maybe, or am I reading too much into that? The words. Yeah, sound. it's a, it's certain. Yeah, so it's. Well, a lot of people have said that, especially where we where music kind of inspired me to write. So that is kind of funny, but it's, it's, I, I noticed my accents really, I'm just letting it fly. Cause I'm so comfortable with you. <laughs> I was just on another podcast. I think I, I was kind of holding it in a little bit. You're, you're at home. Yeah. So it's, it's a wicked safe place. Long, <laughs> long story shot. You're on the, the Boston podcast. So don't worry. I don't, I don't want to start dropping F-bombs. No. <laughs> no, you can no. do that too. If the spirit moves you, but whatever. So, so yeah. the silence and the sound, it's, it's a, it's definitely a play on words and it's, it's about, it's a body of water, right. vineyard sound. So the, the protagonist, Georgette is at her pivotal moment in the book. She's silent and going through the most, well, she's overlooking her favorite spot and wading into vineyard sound. So that's, that's that. Mm. So you grew up, you, you told me you grew up in Revere. I'm, I'm like perusing your bio here. And you, I mean, you, you put it out there. You, you're, you're a child that had to deal with the consequences of alcoholism. Does that inspire you? Is, is some of that in this book? Oh, a lot of that's in this book. Uh, okay. The book, it, I didn't start out writing for that to be the, the premise of the story. And I, it just kind of spiraled into that. Georgette and her father's relationship in the book was supposed to just be touched upon. But as I started to write, I really felt that I could, I could really channel how I felt as a a kid and a, a teenager growing up with an alcoholic father. And I just kind of went with that. And I could, I, I got tough really quick. You know, I, I'm from Rivera. I, I, I'm, tough town, tough kid and tough life. And I'm, I'm not crying by any means. A lot of people have had it tougher, but that got tough really fast. And that's kind of a, I had a scrappy attitude and that's my protagonist. Georgette has a, a bit of the same. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm working on a book myself, a novel so far. I've written, let's see, mm, zero chapters. <laughs> The, the title in my head, though, and uh, oh, the title of the book, I know everyone wants to know. It's it's called Color War, and that refers to the, the game that they play at summer camps. And so oh. it'll be sort of a tale of a father and a, a son who later they go to the same summer camp and how their memories kind of intertwine. And uh, But the only reason I brought that up was not to pitch my book, because it's probably not going to be written for another <laughs> 10 years or something. But you, you definitely end up writing... You know, they say, write what you know, right? And I definitely found that I, I don't want to make it autobiographical, but I, I think I naturally began to pour more of myself into this character as I'm, I know I'm not writing, but I'm conceptualizing the book. Is, sure. is that, so you say you didn't plan that. Tell us about how that, did you, from the beginning, was the character based on you or not necessarily? I didn't 
plan. And I definitely, it, it definitely was based partly on me. The book is inspired by actual events. And it's funny you say, write what you know, because I, I know that's a common term in the writing world. I hadn't heard it till I was the nurse for Pulitzer Prize winning author, William Styron. Uh, he wrote Sophie's Choice on Martha's Vineyard. Oh, cool. And, okay. And my book, he he said that to me right about what you know after I was writing I had the audacity to tell this Pulitzer Prize winner I had you know toyed around with writing and I was writing about a Virginia horse farm and some love story and he he asked me do you know anything about horses and I said no and he said do you know anything about Virginia I said no and he said well why are you writing about it and he said write about what you know and when I thought about it and I had always known I wanted to write the story. I had it in me for a long time. Um, there's a lot of pain and grief though involved in it. So it took me a while, but it, it also kind of pissed me off a little bit that to write about what I, what I know, I know a lot about addiction. <laughs> so as I started writing, I, I take it that could be from personal experience and from your and professional experience as well. I take it, right? Sure. As a nurse yeah. and yeah. in my 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 growing up that way and also my love life at a t- during a time so it, I definitely have had my my share of it as well as so many people have and I you know I don't I didn't I don't think that that's something I really set out to do but I I do know about it I've lived it I've I've done so many things in it I've gone to children of alcoholics and alateen and it, I grew up in a house that that's like that was just what it was, what we talked about in our lives kind of centered around it. So it was, <laughs> that's, I, that's what I know. I know it well. Mm. Paula, any questions at this juncture? Yeah, I would love to know why, how you said it in Martha's Vineyard. And if you had been out there for any inspiration while you were writing. So I, in, I, you know, I, growing up in Revere, a lot of us, we didn't go to Martha's Vineyard. I down the South shore, nothing. We went to New Hampshire and Maine and, you know, we had no money. We went camping or, I mean, I grew up on Revere beach. That was our vacation. We went to Revere beach and that oh, was- you want to go to the beach? We're already at a freaking beach. Well, <laughs> you want to slap all the way up to a gunquit, get some water, whatever. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So when I was like, I think it was like 20 or so I, I went with a friend to Martha's vineyard, a boyfriend, and I just fell in love with it. I, the second my, my, and I had my my ripped jeans, my combat boots, my my friend. I laugh at this because my friend dyed my hair jet black by accident because I couldn't afford to go to a real hairdresser, and that the sun was just beating on me. <laughs> I just remember this so in my big hoop Revere earrings, <laughs> and I just sat on the beach and I just said, "God, I'm going to live here one day." I, I just loved it. I fell in love with it, and I became a nurse. And my mom's a nurse, and I, you know, I my my passion my writing my passion was always writing, but. As I said, growing up, how I grew up, it was kind of, you know, blue collar, go get job stability. And I became a nurse and I'm loved, I, I love being a nurse. I'm good at it. It was very, very hard schooling and taking care of people is, you know, so rewarding. And I called Martha's Vineyard Hospital one day and I just said, hey, you guys hiring. And I, I just picked up my life and moved down there. And then I fell into a job with Mr. Styron and I was there for years and years and I left not really because I wanted to, I sort of had to, my life kind of took a turn, things got kind of dark, but I, 
returned. I still go all the time. I was just there. I was just there for a bunch of book events. I rent a house there with my nurse friends every in our families now. <laughs> the party's not not as quite as late night as it used to be. <laughs> you have little, um, of little ones? Yeah, I have a senior. He's a 17-year-old son, and I have a stepdaughter, okay. 13. Those are good ages. Everyone always says that. But those are ages where you might be able to find some time for yourself to write a book, which is how you did it. Cause oh, yeah. Little little ones. Yeah. Little forget it. No way. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I still go down. I, get, I go down to the vineyard to answer your question. Sorry, as I do go down. Whenever I need an inspiration, inspiration i head down and preferably my husband i think he wonders what i'm doing sometimes but i would like to go down by myself because i you know all the chaos and the noise of kids friends and husbands and all that i to get inspired i just need to be there on my island and kind of recharge and that always just gets me going to where i need to be how did you feel about writing the book and basing it on some of your own challenges as a child did how did you feel after writing the book like was it was it therapeutic for you was it rough like what tell us what that was like it was so rough my dad died of it come to his disease at when I was 18 he was sober for seven years actually became a drug and alcohol counselor and then he for the teamsters and then he picked up again and it was tragic so yeah that brought and and then my son's father my ex-husband he he died of addiction so it did it brought back, it, it was a very emotional for me to, ta- to you know, and when, you, when you're tapping into a, a, emotions, personal experiences and things like that, sometimes you're not sure, it's really difficult because you're not sure if what you're writing is, is crap <laughs> mm-hmm. or it's because you think it's so it's coming from you. You think, God, I'm pouring my heart here. I'm real. And then, yell, you know, is this translating to everybody else? I, I have no, it's very hard to look at. So, mm-hmm. and my next book that I'm writing now, it's, it's not a, a personal experience for me. I'm doing tons of research, but I feel like it's, a, it's, it's hard to write in, it's in a different way. It's but mm-hmm. the personal, I, it's just so hard. I needed, you have a lot of beta readers and I needed a lot of feedback just to make sure I was really translating this. To Wait, what's, a, a, what's, a dump. A, what's a beta reader? That's someone that like reads to uh, you along, drafts along the way so they can give you feedback or yeah. So anytime, like, you know, you write a couple of chapters, you can send it off to a beta, like a beta reader. You find, if you have a, find a couple you can trust, they, there's people you can pay. Sometimes it's a friend or someone, you know, and they'll read it, go through it, sort of edit it a little bit, tell you with plot holes and things like that and what they think and yep. what needs to be done. So that, I mean, without them, I don't know. I don't, you know, you, everyone, everyone needs some, <laughs> yeah. especially in a story like this, that's personal. I feel like I really counted on them. Right. The book is called The Silence in the Sound. It's available on, <clears throat> pardon me, on Amazon. Go check it out. You can get it on Kindle. How about that? That's cool. If you Can I also can I also plug that it's affiliated part of the proceeds go to the Robert F Kennedy Community Alliance here in Massachusetts and their division that helps kids affected kids and families affected by addiction. They do so much. See what you did there, Paula? She's like, "Is it okay if I plug the fact that and then she just did the plug?" Totally okay. <laughs> totally Sorry. Okay. No, very cool, of course. And meanwhile, you've already dropped a hint about your next book. Now you're just showing off. So what 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 will you say the new book is about something something completely different? What is that about? So I was I was well into another book and then something kind of happened in my my life. I, I, 
not so personal, but kind of outside, I saw an ex- something happen with some, some a situation and sort of tragic, dark, another dark topic. <laughs> and I was just completely blown away. I, I felt like the story needed to be told. And it's, a, it's, I'm not going to give away what it's about. It's a, it's a really dark subject. So it's, it's, it's touchy, but I've been researching trials. I've been listening to so much because I want to do it just do it justice. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Wait a minute. That you heard, uh, Paula, I heard that's the name of the book. Do it justice. Cause there's a double do meaning. Do it justice. No, no. I have a law degree. If you want to hire me as a consultant, you know what? You can have advice for free about anything you want in the law. I, was, I might need so much marketing and all this stuff. I might need it for free. Cause it's just, the stuff costs a lot of money. <laughs> Understood. You're being very cryptic, but I understand this is your next book. You, you don't want to give it away, but you say it's based on a true, something true that you saw. There's a book that I've been, uh, that I don't want to write, but I want to give the idea to somebody else. It, or it also could be a movie. You think about this, Diane. This one's okay. it's also for free. This actually happened in Boston in, I don't remember what year it was, and I can't even find it. But the point is, there was a guy on the subway in Boston, and he's there with some of his buddies. And there's a young woman sitting in there, and like everybody in the story is like in their mid-20s called it, right? And so the dude... He makes eye contact with this woman who's sitting nearby, and they kind of exchange a friendly smile or whatever. They acknowledge each other that they're there. Fine. And then as they're sitting there, somebody gets on the train, and, like, somebody sees this third person get on the train and goes, hey, it looks like Kevin Bacon. And so then the buddy and his dudes, they start laughing. Oh, yeah, that's really Kevin Bacon. And the woman chimes in the conversation. She goes, oh, yeah, incognito. Okay. And then the guy realizes... I think I love this woman. I mean, not really, but he's, you know, he's, he's, she's attractive. He wants to introduce himself. He can't get up the courage to do it. And what happens? Train hits its stop. She gets off, never to be seen from again. The guy, this really happened, okay? This guy, he can't get it out of his head. He decides he's going to post flyers all around the city of Boston saying, are you her? Are you her? I saw you on the train. We shared a laugh about Kevin Bacon incognito. If you're her, please call this number, right? So... Days go by, she doesn't call. But who does call is the Today Show, because the Today Show thinks this is interesting. Love, love on the subway and yeah. unrequited love. And so now I wish I could tell you that eventually he found her, but apparently he didn't. He got a lot of calls, sometimes from drunken people late at night, saying, yeah, I'm, the, I'm the chick on the train. Let's go find <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Apparently she never called near front of her, but he kind of got a little famous for it. So now. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I heard this. Yeah, because it really happened. Yeah, and it, it was probably like 20 years ago. We're going kind of way back. But here's my idea for the book slash movie. Everything that I described happens, okay? But then you continue on. We fictionalize it, right? He gets so famous that there are – and if you said it in present day, like people could find him on the internet and everything and follow him. Oh, and, yeah. And, and then he starts – Dating. He had previously he been he had been unsuccessful in you can tell he's been unsuccessful in dating. He's trying to pick up women on the subway who he barely knows, and he he starts dating all these women and he, he actually gets a girlfriend. And it's like, you know, the story ends nicely. He didn't find the mystery girl, but he found this girl, and he and this nice new girl. Or rather, this is taking way too much time to explain. They're on the tea together at a, in a future date, and who gets on the train? Oh come on, the original woman. Right? Any no, look- I don't like that ending. I no, don't hold like on. It. Stick with me. Stick with <laughs> me. He looks at her and he's like, you don't remember me? She goes, no. And he goes, 
did you didn't see me on the Today Show? This whole thing, I've been looking for you for like three months. She goes, oh, that day I was on my way to the airport. I was, I, I've been abroad for, you know, three months. I, I you know, I, I didn't know. And now he's got to decide what he's going to do. You don't like that? There's got to be conflict in every story, Diane. Well, but, well yeah, there has to be conflict. Yeah, but that you said that's the ending. But now, now he has to choose. Who no, he I, goes, haven't, I, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't written the third act yet. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I like it. I, I like the story. Award-winning author Diane Braley says two thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> you like the book that I actually put on hold of. And I'm going, I'm definitely going back to is that it was, takes place in Revere. And it's about Revere, I, I don't know if you know, is once the car thief capital of Massachusetts. And the what, the what capital? I'm sorry. Car, car theft. Car theft, yes. Sure. And I am very familiar with that. That's, I, I'm, I have all kinds of stories. So I actually was well into a book about this and some a car thief ring and, all kinds of stuff, Charlestown and all that interesting oh. stuff. Maybe a Ben Affleck film. Well, <laughs> Nicholas Cage already did the, the. No, no, it's a little different. I know okay. it's not gone in sixty seconds, and this seconds. is. No, it's better. All right. Well, I trust you on that. So again, the silence in the sound is the name of the book. We've got a few minutes left with Diane here. We are going to play a game of good stuff where we recommend something good for you, the listener to do before we do that you've inspired me diane we're going to play a super quick this will take two minutes but you said you know your 80s music and we're going to quiz you in a oh quick, god quick round of the game wicked smart i'm smart my boys are wicked smart. smart all right let's see how wicked smart you are 80s lyrics version of this quiz in the song come on eileen Poor old who sounded sad upon the radio. This is actually giving you multiple choice. Was it James May, Jake Lay, Johnny Ray, or John Day? Poor old. You remember? Johnny Ray? Poor old Johnny Ray is correct. Yes. Very good. Yes. 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 What it. I should have said that with confidence. No, that's okay. I, I read it kind of quickly. It was confusing myself there. What is the first word of the Wham song, Wake Me Up Before You Go Go? I can give you choices, but you should know it. What? Wake me up. What's the first? What's the first word? Is it? Is it? Leave me hanging like a yo-yo. No, but the first word comes even before those. Is it jive? Is it jitterbug? Oh, swing. Oh, jitterbug. Do jitterbug. Jitterbug. (laughs) Two for two. In the song "Love Shack" by the B52s, on which highway is he heading down? Is he heading down the Orlando? Wait a minute. What did you say? Okay. Say it again. Atlanta. Atlanta's correct. She didn't even need the multiple There, That's too hard. I'm not going to give you that one. In the sound, in the song, Down Under by Men at Work, what did the man give him? Did he give him a BLT, a Big Mac, a Pavlova, or a Vegemite sandwich? A BLT, a Big Mac, a Pavlova, or a Vegemite sandwich? He just smiled. Pavlova. No. no. Oh, think of my last. Think of my. A Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing. I have to sing it in my head. Yeah, he said, "Do you speak in my language?" He just smiled and gave me a Vegemite sandwich. I didn't know that it said Vegemite. <laughs> well, that, that that is something I didn't know that. All right, oh, we'll give you Vegemite. Sandwich. I just, you know, that was one of the lyrics that you just like bypass. You just like kind of like mumble it. <laughs> All right. Well- Exactly. Yeah. Apparently, Vegemite sandwiches are gross, and only people from Australia can even 
bear to. Yeah, I don't even think I've heard. Well, I'll give you one more to redeem yourself here. This is right. the this is the opening line of of what song? Dig, if you will, the picture of you and I engaged. Engage. Kiss. The sweat of your body covers me. When doves cry. That's right. Yes. You said if I if I didn't get that, I would have had to jump <laughs> off something. I mean. <laughs> Jump off the Mystic Tobin or Something. whatever it's called. Well, you did very well. We're going to play a quick round of good stuff. But you get you have like three, three to five more minutes, Diane? Yeah, for you. Okay. Thank you. We are going to play a quick round of good stuff. Before we do that, let me remind you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. Pod617.com is where you go. If you want to start your own podcast, it's a great way to connect with your network, with clients or would-be clients or just people you want to impress. You invite them to be guests on your show. We produce the whole thing for you, intro music, outro music, and everything in between. Go to pod617.com to get started. The Boston Podcast Network in pod we trust. Let's play a quick round of good stuff. That's the good stuff. Paula, are you going to play good stuff? I'll play. Okay. But Diane's the guest, so she gets to go first. What, Diane, can, other than your book, what can you recommend to our, our listeners today? I feel like my book is such a, it was such a, it's a, kind of a downer topic a little bit. So I want to go, I want to go light. And go the other crazy. way. Sure. Yeah. I'm right. This is not a new show, but I don't know if you've watched Brotherhood. No, I don't believe I have. It takes place. It's on Showtime and it's, I'm watching it on Hulu and it takes place takes place in Rhode Island and it, it seems to be inspired by to me it's inspired by the Boulder brothers like two brothers one's yeah. a polit- politician and one's a gangster and it's just it's so good it's, it's so good that's interesting any any famous actors that we would know or not necessarily I'm that, to... I mean there's a couple of familiar faces but really no not knowing yeah, okay. that's really but okay. so good yeah, I'm looking at the cast, and I don't recognize any of the names per se, but they do sort of like vaguely for me. Okay, Hulu on Brotherhood. Excellent, excellent suggestion. Paula, what do you got for us? Hey, good stuff. For me, all my good stuff is doing stuff outside in nature. I'm, you know, into media. I love all of it. But all the good stuff for me right now is being able to get outside in that nice, comfortable weather that we've had. Finally, we've been waiting all summer. Mm-hmm. So that's my good stuff. What? Like, are we talking hiking? Are you doing anything like boating? I like to hike by the lake. Yeah, I really like to just be out there. Okay, no, you're, making me, you're making me and Diane feel bad because we're inside. Right. <laughs> but that's a good one and a good reminder. And I'm trying to call up a clip here for my good stuff, if you just bear with me for one. Can't minute. wait to get out in the good weather. I can't. Fine, okay. So... I'm going to recommend a, a show called The Patient. I don't know if you know if I can recommend it. You haven't seen this yet, have you, Diane? No. This is on Hulu. I don't watch a lot of TV, but. Well, you're watching Brotherhood on Hulu. I know. I'm watching one show. Okay, fine. People will find this interesting. It's local hero, uh, Steve Carell, who, of course, most people cool. know The Office and so many other things. But I just, this just came across my Hulu feed. It must be brand new. I'm going to play a little bit of the trailer and listen as you can listen and uh, Diane, you can watch the trailer for The Patient with Steve Carell. So what can I help you with, Gene? I'm not content. I get angry. That's the sort of thing you help people with, right? Yes. My whole life, I have been trying to figure myself out so I can help other people understand themselves so they can have good relationships. And here I am. Time to get back into therapy. So, so like you. 
he has I want the expert left his I'm not uh, his, normal. his wife has uh, departed the other better. his wife has passed away Darrell is a therapist now he's talking to a couple patients to come to therapy if, uh, and keep hammering away the hard things they can be helped but I have got bigger problems all right I guess I'll cut it off there because I don't want to spoil it but Within the first opening minutes of the show, you realize something has gone terribly wrong, and this troubled patient that Steve Carell has has done something that will affect Steve Carell's life. I'll just leave it at that. And so it becomes, it feels already like a Steve, I don't know, I doubt Stephen King wrote this, I don't know who wrote it, but it feels like a Stephen King kind of thing. So if you, there are similarities to the Stephen King book and the movie of the same name, Misery, there's a hint, okay? And not a typical Steve Carell role. Correct, yeah, good which point. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, he's done drama. He's done, you know, the uh, for the Foxcatcher thing. Yeah. And he was great in Little Miss Sunshine, but not quite like this. This is borderline like a horror movie. So, um, anyway. Well, it said from the producers or the, from, of the Americans, which yes. I think is, yeah, so that's a really good, I heard it's a good show. I wanted to watch that next. Maybe. Well, you should watch that first because that's an even better show. My advice for you, Diane, is to watch more TV. All of great, all of life's great. Uh, you'll, you'll get ideas. I'll never, I'll never write anything. Then I don't know. My, my husband would agree with you. He would agree, even <laughs> though he falls asleep on the couch in the middle of every show. <laughs> well, <laughs> everyone's got their own form of relaxation. We're up against the clock here, Diane. Once again, the book, "The Silence in the Sound." Check it out on uh, Amazon or Kindle or wherever you get your books. I hope you had fun, Diane. I did. I love talking to you guys. This was really fun. So cool. I felt right, right at home. Well, you're always home at home here on the Boston Podcast as far as we're concerned. Stick around for one minute after we stop recording, Diane, so we can properly say goodbye to you. To the rest of you, I say thank you for listening to the Boston Podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your shows. And go to pod617.com if you want your own show. My name is Dave, but more importantly, if you're not... <laughs> forgot my own tag. You got me all flustered here, Diane. She must have been such a great guest. My name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston or from Revere, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Hey.